In this podcast episode, we want to introduce you to our BCEN friend, Stephen Malarchik. Come along as Michael Dexter and Holly Briggs talk with Stephen about his career in flight and nursing to becoming a living donor, which had him in the patient role and gaining new perspectives. Stephen is setting a new standard for giving back. This episode is called Exponential Impact from Flight Nurse to Organ Donation. Hello, and welcome to the BCN and Friends podcast, where we hold interesting conversations about learning with a range of thought leaders, BCN certification holders, and industry professionals, but most importantly, to create value and insight for you, our professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. We hope you find our discussions interesting, informative, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, and always valuable. I'm Holly Briggs, a professional development specialist at BCN and one of your hosts for today. I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Dexter, Director of Professional Development at BCN. Hi, Michael. Hello, Holly. Good to be with you today. Great to have you. In this episode of BCN and Friends, we have Stephen Malarchik. Stephen is a paramedic, emergency nurse, flight nurse practitioner doing some amazing work based in New Mexico and Colorado. Michael, could you please introduce us to our BCN and friend, Stephen? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Stephen Malarchik began his career in pre-hospital care as an EMT basic and then progressed to a paramedic. His medic career included roles as the regional EMS coordinator for Colorado, as well as offshore work on a deep water drill ship and as public safety director for the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe. He became a nurse in 2003, starting in the emergency department and moving into flight. Stephen continued his nursing education, becoming a family nurse practitioner in 2021, and continues to fly as a flight nurse practitioner. Stephen enjoys teaching in all of its forms, which include online, classrooms, conference stages, and even on today's podcast. Stephen, welcome to the BCN and Friends podcast. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Thanks, Holly. Thanks, Mike. Pleasure to be here. Well, you have had a lot um, going on, and I know we just briefly skimmed the surface of it, but before we dive into some of the questions today, I wanted you to just tell us a little bit more about your nursing career. Well, I would say I'm about a million miles from where I thought I would be when I was in high school, Um, but right after I got out of high school, I took one of those American Red Cross first aid and CPR um, classes, and you know how like when you go into those classes, they they say, hey, we're going to meet on Monday and Wednesday nights for the next two weeks. And the bathrooms are down the hallway. And does anyone have any questions? And, then, you know, I raise my hand and I say, um, are you going to teach us how to do the pen and the neck thing? And of course, <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've, it took about another seven years and I got to learn how to do the pen and the neck thing. Um, but then I kind of progressed with my education, got uh, in 2003, my nursing, like you mentioned, and uh, got my BSN next, and then the master's in uh, nursing education, and then finally my, my doctorate in nursing practice in 2021. So I feel like I've been going to school steady since 2003. And have you put a pen in a neck? You know, it was funny. Well, not really funny, but it it was interesting that I, I had said, this is the last skill I need to do. I'd said this about seven years ago, and then I'm going to retire. And then I went and started my, uh, my flight nurse practitioner job down in Artesia, New Mexico. And my first day, my first flight uh, had a traumatic crike. And so, yes, 
I, I did it and I couldn't retire because I just started. It was my first flight there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. So. Well, you, um, you've done a lot with flight over, over the last several years. And of course the flight nurse practitioner, but one of the things that you're also doing is item writing uh, for the BCEN CFRN exam and uh, maybe even the CTRN exam. But can you just tell us how you got involved with that and why you are staying involved with um, item writing and also exam construction review committee? Yeah, I'm currently on the exam construction review committee, and I started as uh, as an item writer in about 2011, I think. Um, you know, at that time, I'd taken the CEN, I'd taken the CCRN. It was on paper then, and um, you know, those are always nerve wracking tests. But I really felt the CFRM was a little bit different, and it was because um, maybe it might have been because I'd been in education for a while. I really appreciated how the questions were wrote. They were they were pretty impressively written. Um, and then I saw a request for item writers that came from the BCEN and put in my application and they took me on. What I was really impressed with was kind of the training and mentorship program that came along with the item uh, writing assignments. And I'm kind of a nerd about uh, the science behind it and how much thought and effort and time goes into um, putting those tests together. You know, they're, it, it's, it's very based on science and there's a lot of thought into how those, how those questions read and that they're accurate and that they're testing things that are pertinent to, to our practice. Yeah, I didn't realize when I had already taken a few exams and then I started looking more into how they were constructed. I didn't realize the massive amount of work that goes behind every single item, whether it's through role delineation or whether it's through writing the item or reviewing the item or preparing it for placement on the exam. It, it's it's a lot of work and I, I don't think people understand all of that process. So Thanks for sharing that. And so, when did you join? When did you transition from item writing to the uh, ECRC? It was it was about six years ago. Um, I think I've been on the ECRC for about six years. One one thing that I'd mentioned too about certification testing is our the program that I was in when when I took the certification exam. Uh, you know, there there were canes, and so they they needed to. Um, moved to where everybody would take the exam. And I was impressed with how everybody stepped up their studying and talking about all of the flight medical issues and, and body of knowledge. And like, I, I could just see people growing their knowledge exponentially, just getting ready for the exam. And I mean, to me, that, that's, that's very worthwhile. I agree with you very much, Stephen. I remember when I was studying for the CEN and even the TCRN, CPEN, like I, the studying for myself personally really helped me to grow just like my base of knowledge. And it's amazing how once you kind of assimilate something into your practice and you're like, okay, I understand this concept. I understand like the anatomy and physiology. It's 
not ironic, but I will say that it is almost expected that you will have that patient come across you on a shift. And it's, it's like you learned. So now you're going to get a chance to apply it. And I loved that part of being able to feel like because I had studied, because I had learned, I was able to give better care and just be a better nurse um, at the bedside with patients. And I really, I appreciated that. And, and to me that, that wasn't really, I guess my main goal of studying for certification or becoming certified, I guess I thought that might happen, but I didn't see it for what it was until I was in it doing it. And then I realized I'm so glad that I learned this stuff because this patient really needed it. And I was able to provide that. And so there's, there's value to be seen on a lot of different levels. And I'm glad that you touched on that, just expanding your own knowledge, being responsible for your education and practice that, you know, that's our responsibility as professionals. So I love that. And I can tell you're very passionate about nursing education and teaching and just sharing your knowledge. And, you know, what are some hard learned lessons and challenges that you've adapted to as the profession of nursing just continues to evolve? I mean, it's ever changing. That's one of the things that you love and both have to learn to adapt to. So what would you say are just some of those hard lessons and challenges that you could give us some advice on? Well, I think, you know, when you look at the education piece, there's been a, a pretty good sized shift in how people learn. I, I think people coming out of high school and college today learn differently than when I went through. Um, you know, changing your learning style to be able to speak to them and, and be able to uh, have them absorb the knowledge and skills is definitely different than it was 20 years ago. I think after COVID, it became a little bit more difficult to put people into clinical situations. And so that's been difficult because I think that's really the best place to learn is where, where you're with real patients, live patients. And I think we've lost some of that there's definitely simulation and simulation is very, very valuable, especially when you don't have that, that clinical component, but I mean, you know, simulation is a little expensive and, and it's, it's difficult to, to provide in rural America um, where, you know, they, they just don't have the, the big facilities to, to be able to, to provide that. So I think, you know, the, those are a lot of, of barriers and obstacles that have, have come up over the last several years. So Stephen, I'm going to totally shift gears on you because I could talk about education all day long, but you have an interesting story. And I think it's worth diving into for just a few minutes of, of how this whole story progressed, but you decided to become an organ donor. And can you just tell us like what made you decide to become a living donor? What made you to de- decide to donate your kidney and sh- just share a little bit about that story with us? Sure. I guess it was kind of a series of very coincidental and fortunate events. One of my friends uh, was on Facebook and put this joke there. I won't tell the joke, but um, somebody had responded to her post and said something about having a, a perm calf in her chest. And I was like, oh, who's my friend know that has a perm calf? That's that's kind of weird. And so I clicked on her her link and went to her page. And she had this whole thing about, you know, she'd gotten to the point where the nephrologist had said, you know, ask friends and family if if they need if anyone would be interested in donating a kidney. And uh, so I kind of talked to my friend about who this person was and looked through her Facebook profile and 
learned a little bit more about her and you know she had a child she was young she was going through dialysis and basically the more i read and then she had information on there about you know the risks with live organ donation and they didn't seem that bad <laughs> so um, i started going through the through the process and because i knew i had the same blood type but you know, um, they, they put you through about three sets of tests that are kind of gradual as you go through it. And they only let you, only one person at a time can, can go through the testing. And I thought that was interesting. Um, they, they will only let one person go through at a time. So I w went through the testing, did several things. And then um, they came to me and they said, uh, you're a hundred percent match. And, um, you know, so now you have to decide if you want to do it. And by that time, you know, we, we'd done a lot of talking and I was ready to do it. And the risks seemed minimal. And I had an extra kidney. I mean, I have two. I had two. <laughs> and so uh, we went ahead and did it. It was about two years ago. It's been two years here in May that um, we did that down in San Antonio. And uh, she has lefty and lefty's doing great. And uh, I have righty and righty's doing great too. That is an amazing, very abridged, I'm sure, story of a decision that you made. I'm not even going to say on a whim because I know you put a lot of thought into it, but just to click on a on a, a picture and a, on a post on social media and it progressed to where you gave someone your left kidney. That is amazing. I mean, there's so many questions that I have. Um, and I think just from being on the side of nursing, especially in the emergency room, you know, like we'll come in contact with those who have, or who are transplant, post-transplant patient, those who have donated a living donor, but to be on the other side of that, to be patient during that entire process. I mean, I'm sure there are so many things that you were prepared for and probably some that you weren't, but can you tell us like, what is one of the biggest lessons you learn from your time being a patient during the process of organ donation? I'm sure you, you might even have more than one, but what would you say are some of the biggest takeaways that you had from your time as a patient? I think it gave me a lot of empathy on being on that side, you know, being a little bit more helpless and relying on people. Um, I'd never since I was a little child, had had never spent a night in the hospital, never had surgery. Um, so it was all new to me. And of course, you know, being a nurse, I was super interested. <laughs> you know, I, I remember telling my my nurse that that was going to take care of me in the OR. She came into the pre-op and I was like, hey, I'm a nurse and I, you know, I'm just super interested in this. Will, will you let me know um, what you're giving me? She's like, oh, sure. And so she's pushing this, you know, syringe into my IV. She goes, this is Versed and fentanyl. And that's the last thing I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I thought that was funny. But I, I guess, you know, first thing I noticed when I woke up is my throat was sore. I'd only been intubated for, you know, maybe three hours. And um, I can't imagine how people feel when they wake up um, after, you know, being intubated for days or weeks. Uh, I think the whole thing really gave me some empathy. Um, I found out you can actually have a 16 gauge IV in your hand. <laughs> they started a 16 gauge in my hand. Um, afterwards, eating, I didn't think that would be such a big chore, but you definitely don't want to eat anything 
really dry like a biscuit um, after having abdominal surgery because when you choke on it and no one's in the room, it really hurts to try and cough. So I, I learned that. But, you know, I, I think I think really caring for people um, and, and trying to, to be empathetic to them is is what I learned or hopefully I was empathetic before that, but um, it it really made me more aware of, you know, trying to take care of people when they're having a really bad day that that person can make a a big difference in that person's life. Well, you uh, set me up perfectly for the next question because you obviously made a big difference in that person's life with your, with your organ donation. And um, you know, you talk about having empathy with, with others, but you've also had a pretty remarkable career yourself. And obviously there was people throughout your career and your life that have really impacted you. So is there any particular moment in time you remember from your, your career or any particular person that um, has really made a great impact on you as a person, as a clinician? Yeah. You know, when I was thinking about that, that question, uh, it really takes me back to the my first boss um, that hired me in back in the early nineties, her name's uh, Claudia Applin. And she, she took a chance on me, which, which was awesome, but she was also an instructor and she told me, you know, you can change a lot of people's lives when you're working medicine. Cause you know, you're touching the patient every day and you can make a difference in their lives. But really, if you want to make, like a huge difference in a lot of people's lives, you need to go into teaching. And that way you're, every time you teach someone to do a skill or give them knowledge, they're going to go out and they're going to use that on, on other people. And then, you know, maybe they'll teach and, and use it. So it becomes exponential, you know? And so I really took that to heart and have stayed in education uh, this whole time. And I, I tell people that all the time too, and try to share that with them. I, I would say Claudia made, you know, a huge, a huge impact in my life. That is awesome to hear that just that little piece of advice and then it being lived out in front of you impacted you to the point where you've done for others, what was done for you. And I think that's a huge part of just being a professional, but then also taking it to that next level where it's not just my profession, but it's something that I want to perpetuate in others who will follow after me and really helping like that next generation of nurses come up and, and be strong in the profession that, you know, we've chosen and we love to do. So I love to hear that. I always enjoy that question. Whenever we have a chance to hear from our podcast guests, I, it's always inspiring to me to hear about who who's made, who's helped you get to the place where you are. Cause it, we all, we all have those people and I love to hear that. So thank you for sharing that with us. I do have a few rapid fire questions for you um, just so we can get to know you a little bit better. But Stephen, what would you be doing if you were not in your current role? So really anything that you would just, if you didn't, if you couldn't be doing what you're doing now, flight nurse practitioner, if that wasn't it, what would you do? Or anything that involved travel anywhere, <laughs> anytime. <laughs> I love, I love to travel. Um, I, I, I think when I was a kid, I wanted to be a pilot. Uh, don't tell any of the pilots that I work with that, but I, um, 
I, I did want to be a pilot and I, and really it was just because I wanted to travel and some of the jobs that I've done over the years has been because I wanted to travel. Like I worked offshore. Um, I thought I was going to get to travel overseas and work offshore, but I got to travel to new Orleans a lot, <laughs> but I, I would definitely say anything that involved travel. I like that question. And I also like your response. I am pretty much, you know, I'm one of those people I have about maybe five or six places that I still would like to travel, not just, you know, in the U S but outside of that as well. And I mean, honestly, if somebody was like, Hey, do you want to go here? And it wasn't on my list. I'd still probably be like, yeah, that sounds good. Let's go. Um, especially if I'd never been there before. So I, I, I like to travel. I like all of the things that you get to learn while you're there. And really it's mostly the unexpected things that you get to learn while you're there that, that made me want to travel more. So I'm, I'm with you on that one. I have a couple of favorites categories actually. And, you know, if you don't have one, we can skip to the next, but here we go. Your favorite TV show. It can be of all time, or it could be something that you're currently just really enjoying. Um, I would say uh, there was a whole TV series called Chuck. I don't know if you remember that, but I really enjoyed that. I think I watched that TV series about three times. It's about a nerd that becomes a spy. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, I have not seen that. I will have to put it in my, I'll, I'll probably have to Google it first and then figure out which streaming place it might be found on. Um, so perfect. I always like a good recommendation. You never know when I'm going to run out of like things on my Netflix list. It'll happen one day. Um, okay. Favorite movie. Favorite movie. Um, I mean, the first one that pops to my mind is Armageddon with Bruce Willis and, you know, and I think, I think part of that is because I used to work offshore. And so that kind of all starts offshore. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've watched that several times. So. I honest to goodness, the part in the movie where, I mean, this, again, this is like spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen this movie, maybe mute this part of the podcast, but spoiler alert, where like, he's talking to his daughter at the end and like, Oh, that part in that movie, every time I get like teary eyed and I'm like, is it because, is it because I know it's coming? And, but every single time, no matter. And again, I've seen that movie multiple times and man, every time. Oh, it's just an enjoyable movie to watch. Yeah, it is. It is. It's got, it's got, you know, like a little grit. It's got some action. I mean, it's got an asteroid. Like what else could you ask for? I mean, there's big big music yeah i mean there, there's really great, music. great music well speaking of that what is your um what's your favorite musical artist again it can be of all time it can be something currently that you're listening to that you recommend for us um you know i listen to all kinds of music um my, my standard joke is i listen to both kinds of music country and western but really <laughs> really not um i I've been to several Imagine Dragons concerts and um, I've really enjoyed that. So I, I would say, you know, if you haven't heard of Imagine Dragons, go ahead and give them a listen to. Such a good recommendation. They really are a great band and their music is, is, is kind of eclectic overall. So great recommendation. All right, moving on. This is, this is a, this is a 
This is a big question in my world. So what is your comfort food or a meal that you really enjoy? Uh, I would say I like food in general and food likes me, but <laughs> I, I'm not scared to try anything. I, I've tried all different types of food, you know, from different parts of the world. Um, if I'm real, if I'm sick though, uh, Campbell's cream of chicken soup. That's what I, that's what my go-to is. Um, love mashed potatoes and gravy. You know, that's comfort food too. So. I like it. I mean, honestly, your overall answer, like just food in general, I like that, but I must say I'm probably not as adventurous as you, as you and that's okay. I leave more of the adventurous food for those who are willing to take that on and who are not scared of textures. So good for you. All right. One of those final questions, do you have any other hobbies or like something that you do really for self-care? That's just kind of your go-to something that helps you, you know, just kind of find, find something a little bit outside of nursing that kind of just feeds your soul. I, well, I mean, I, I guess I'd come back to traveling, you know, I love to go new places. I, I actually like the process of traveling. So, you know, whether it's an airplane flight and looking outside or um, going through the airport and watching people or even my commute to work, I have an hour and a half commute to work. And so um, I, I really try to make use of that time, whether it's listening to books or thinking or calling and talking to people. Um, and beyond that, I live in a place in Southwest Colorado that has a lot of hiking and biking and outdoor type uh, activities. And so try to get outside as much as possible to uh, enjoy the sunshine. Great pieces of advice. I must say that getting out, taking a walk, even in South Louisiana, where it's about to be a thousand degrees before you know it in the summertime. But even then, just getting out, walking around for a little bit, seeing the sunlight, it really does have a way of just kind of grounding you back and giving you a little bit of perspective to help you, you know, go on and make those good decisions. And I, I would agree anybody who has to commute, I'm always interested to hear how you spend that time. Um, and I love, you know, hearing like, Oh, listening to some books. I do a podcast. You know, I have, I have some different things that I try to do during that time in the car so that it's, you know, sometimes it's just decompressing from a day, you know, just turn on the radio. And so, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us, Stephen. We appreciate it. If our audience would like to follow you online, what social media platforms are you on? I guess you can find me on Facebook. I'm uh, under my name, Stephen Malarchek. And I think I'm also on Instagram. I may have had a LinkedIn account at one time, probably right after I did my MySpace account. So probably probably not, not good to link up with me there because I don't think I've checked it in several years. We will put some information out on our Podbean platform, where if you want to get in touch with Stephen, you uh, will have the ability to do that. So thank you for sharing that with us as well, Stephen. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah. Don't look for Stephen for his other kidney. He's he's holding on to that one. <laughs> but Yeah. Me, me and Righty are tight. Exactly. I understand. Well, thank you for sharing your story about your live organ donation and also about what you're doing for the flight community and your item writing. Just uh, getting to know more about you was really nice. So Stephen, thank you for spending your time with us today. And it's been been really wonderful. Thanks for all you do. Thank you. I, I appreciate your guys' time and this has been enjoyable. Thanks. 
I want to take this time to thank Stephen for joining us for this episode of BCN and Friends. Thank you, Stephen, for sharing your knowledge, passion, and time with us. We're looking forward to spending some face-to-face time with Stephen in Charlotte, North Carolina for BCN Learn Live on November 13th through the 15th, 2023. Check out the registration information at bcn.org and come meet us in Charlotte. And to all of our listeners, we hope you will stay tuned as we continue with BCN and Friends and bring you new, meaningful content and perspective. If you have any suggestions for an episode, please email us at bcn at bcn.org. I'm Holly Briggs here with Michael Dexter. And on behalf of the entire BCN team, we thank and celebrate you for all that you're doing as professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. Until next time, we are out.